Okay, Parshas Vayishlach, Tavshin Ayin Zayin, as we get into the next of the exciting Parshios. Every Parsha is exciting. Some of them just scream out at you right away. Others you have to scratch beneath the surface. But all these Parshios and uh, Sefer Bracious are so jam-packed. Every Pasuk is laden with the material, and uh, we have to pick and choose each year what we are going to focus on. So let's start off with a thought from the Lublina Rebbe. Lublina Rav. The Yaakov Avinu, when he's on his way back, as we know at the beginning of the Parsha, to uh, meet... Esav, <laughs> Yaakov says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in his tefillah, as we know Rashi quotes, that he prepared in three ways to be able to meet Esav, one of them was tefillah. And Yaakov Avinu says in Pasuk Yud Aleph, Lamed Beis Yud Aleph, Katonti, Mikola Chasadim, Umikol HaEmes, Asher says Avdecha, I am so small, I don't deserve it. You've done so much to me, for me, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Vechulu will continue uh, and talk about the later Pasuk uh, in, a, in a couple of minutes. But says the um, first source in Likute Yehoshua, Alderak Drush, Katonti Mikola Chasadim. Says the uh, Likute Yehoshua, we've quoted, he's a rab in, the, in New York who learned in Lublin. Before that, Rabbi Shua Scheinfeld. Raisi b'shem Rabbi mi Lublin. He said, I saw the name, two thoughts. Number one, Katonti. Ma sha'ani katan be'inei atzmi mikolach hasadim. Gam zeh michasdei Hashem belo mikolach atzmi. Katonti, if we have the ability to think of ourselves as small, which is already a tremendous myla for us not to be arrogant and for us not to think that it's all me. Katonti, if I've, if I've been able to gain and inculcate the attitude of Katonti, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's all from you, and I don't deserve it, Mikala Chasad, and that's also Chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You've also helped me achieve that. I don't even take credit for that. The Katonti, if I've been able to achieve that. Gam zemi Hashem, That's also HaKadosh Baruch Hu giving me the strength to be able, the insight, to be able to have such a awareness. Shim Zoha Adam Lamidas Ha Nivus Verucho Namucha Bo Gamla Akhash Asakhail Bahonu Osher. If I've already been able to gain a level of humility following in the pathway of Moshe Rabbeinu, Balyak Shov Shezachalamida Zumiko Achatzmo. I shouldn't think that I, I I've achieved this myself without uh, divine help. And that's why Yaakov Avinu, when he comes back from Beis Lavan, and he has everything, and he still feels katonti, he says, I realize, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that it is also from you, this chesed of your helping me have this proper attitude. Number one. Number two, he quotes another thought. On line seven, a little differently, different idea, but also based on this first, on this first thought. There's two types of humility, or two reasons why somebody might end up being humble and not thinking of themselves as so great. Number one, what if somebody is downtrodden? Somebody is poor and sick and pushed over, and he's a lowly, he's in a lowly strata of society. Naturally, he will be humble. What's he going to be proud about? What's he going to be a Balgaiva about if I don't have anything? Physically or other issues. What's there to be proud of? So I'm a male and naturally not going to think of myself as so great because I don't have anything. 
That's one reason why somebody might be humble. There's no reason for them to raise themselves up. But, obviously, there's a greater level. V'ulam, line 10, yeshod, misogacher, there's another level of anava, of humility, of meekness. V'sha'adam yeshlo mikaltuv, a person could have everything. V'matzliach b'chodrachav, v'ubari, healthy and affluent, and I have everything. V'lo yechzer mu'umah, v'lo yechzer mu'umah, v'gam yeshlo seichal tov, v'lasos bonot stock of a chesach, v'shparach gives me wisdom, u'lashpia mitu v'labrios, right like Shlomo HaMelech Davin for. Hashem says to him, ask for one thing, Shlomo says, chachma, that's what I want. And let's say a person has all of these milas. V'inei yema ish hazeh, hu bardas. If somebody realizes that everything he has is really a gift. To quote from Sefer Dvarim, it wasn't his own koach that had him achieve this. Everything we have is from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Every talent that we have, every every skill, and that's maybe what Yaakov Avinu says. Katonti. Maybe the first shot was, I have it, and I recognize it's from you. Now, katonti, let me have this midah. Let me make sure and think of myself as a katan. But let it be type 2, not type 1. Mikala chasadim, umikala emeser asher asisa esavdecha. Kodesh Baruch I want to have it. I, I want to recognize you. But I don't want it out of dikaon. I don't want to ha- I don't want to be forced to be in that state. But I want to be able to appreciate all the goodness that you that you give me. So two Pshatim al Derek Drush on Katonti Mikalachasadim. Moving right along. So we have the story of Yaakov Avinu coming back to Esav. And what does Yaakov tell him? Yaakov sends messengers. He tells them, this is what you should tell Esav. Go Amar Yaakov. Number one with Lavan, I lived, Vo'echar ad Atta, and I have delayed until now. Rashi quotes, famous thought, Garti, let's focus on the, let's read both of them. Number one, Lo Yasesi Sarvachashuv Elager, Garti from Lushan Ger, stranger, don't think I got so much covet there. Don't think that I had a wonderful time. I was a stranger, I was left out, I wasn't included. Right, I was a ger. I was not a gvir la'achecha. I was left out. And number two, Rashi quotes, Garti begematria taryag, imlovan garti, v'taryag mitzvah shamarti. Question number one. Does Esav really care if taryag mitzvah shamarti? Is that really on Esav's radar that Yaakov was a good Jew? How in any way is that going to help him not want to kill his brother as he did want to do the last time they met? The last time they were together. Tayyip Mr. Shamarti, wonderful. We learned something from Yaakov Avinu. But why is he telling this to Esav? What does Esav care about Tayyip Mr. Shamarti? Question one. Let's continue. What else is in the message that Yaakov tells his servants to give? Vaihili Shorvachamor, Tzon Bevavishivcha. I have oxen and donkeys and sheep. And I'm sending them to you. Question two. Is seeing how wealthy Yaakov was really going to put Esau in a good mood? Fine, Yaakov gives him a lot. But isn't this going to kind of upset him? 
Isn't this kind of going to go get make him even more jealous? You know, maybe he's giving us a present, but but look what look what I have. He has so many riches, right? Why why is he sending the the riches to Yaakov to Esav? It's as if he's he's kind of pouring pouring salt on the wound. Says the Ksav Sofer, great son of the Ksav Sofer, Rabbi Avram Shmuel ben Yamin Sofer. We know the Avram was was added on when the Ksav Sofer was young. He became sick. His father, the Ksav Sofer, added on the name Avraham to him. Before that, it was Shmuel ben Yamin Sofer. But the Ksav Sofer says in source number two, Vitzarich biur eich ayedezeh yibsachein beinav. How? Why? Do we think? Right. We know Yaakov prepared in three ways. He davin. He got ready for war, and he sent presents. How would the presence help? Nafochu, yekanebo, he'll be jealous. Sheyirash, sheyishlo akol, uberchas aviv niskaima. I don't understand this, says the Ksav Sofer. Isn't this making it worse? He's, he doesn't mean to flaunt it, but Esav's going to see how wealthy he is in a minute. So what's exact, what is the point? Why does he tell him Tari Mr. Shamarti, and why is he showing him all this wealth? Says the Ksav Sofer, v'nira li lefarish akol. Let me give a whole new insight into the whole story of Esav and Yaakov taking the brachas and why Esav was so upset. As we know, Esav had deep-seated hatred that Yaakov took the brachas for him. Let's think about this for a minute. Yesav, we know, why did he sell the Bechorah in Parshas Toldos? Because he saw this is the Avodah. What do I need this for? It's the base of Megdash. What's he so upset about? That he gave that up? He gave up the Brachos? Says the Ksav Sofer. If Esav thought and knew that Yaakov, and believed that Yaakov was really a tzaddik, he shouldn't be upset that Yaakov took the Brachos. He shouldn't be. He's the tzaddik. He's the one that's going to do the avodah. Okay, fine. Esau might be a Russia, but he's not stupid, right? He's not a fool. So why is it that that he hates his brother? Suggest the ksav sofer. Esav doesn't think that Yaakov's such a tzaddik. Maybe a little bit because you see what you want to see, but. What are the two experiences that we have in Toldos, Pasha's Toldos, between Yaakov and Esav? Two things that the Torah tells us directly between each one. Yaakov sells him the soup, he comes back, he's exhausted, and he's thirsty. Yaakov gives him the soup, and before he knows it, Esav's thinking to himself, my brachas are gone. And then later on, Yaakov dresses up like Esav. What does Esav think? This is a tzaddik? This is an ishtam yoshevo alim? No, he's not. He's a faker just like I'm a faker. Right? He's a lie. He's, like, he's a trickster just like I'm a trickster. He's no better than me. So if he's no better than me, then he shouldn't get the brachas. So we're both Rishayim. We're both connivers. That's what he was upset about. Right? A Russia doesn't believe that somebody's ERA. That's why he hated him. He didn't think that he was any more appropriate to receive the brachas than he was. How could Yaakov have convinced him? No, he wanted to kill him. He had fire in his eyes. So now Yaakov's coming back. Now Yaakov has to think of a way to prove to Esav 
that he's really different than Esav is. Esav, you have your life, but let me tell you why I'm deserving of the brachas. The avod is good for me. I'm different than you. Let me explain. He gives him a very sharp message and sign. He did a l'shem shamayim. Why? Kiim Kane. Asaf, if I'm a conniver and I'm a, I'm a trickster just like you are, then I should have fit right in with Lavan. I should have been his best friend. I should have gotten along great with the whole society there. Because that's what they're all about. So what does he say? What's the first shot of Rashi? Garti, I was an outsider. I was an outsider. That's my first raya. Number one, he was he was kept outside number two, Tari Mr. Shamarti. Why does Ace of Care? That's what Yaakov's trying to prove to him. I am deserving of these spiritual brachos. I'm trying to prove it to you. I'm trying to show you that this is this is the true me. Right, and the only reason I did that in the other Parsha, in Parsha's told those, is because I knew that this is what was appropriate. Line 30. He was there for 20 years. And yet, he was never invited to anyone's house. He was never invited to a simcha. Everybody was invited to his two smachot, maybe all four of his. But nothing! 20 years, not a word! Esav, you don't think that means something? You don't think that I'm different than them and, them and I'm different from you? But there's one more point. Maybe, says Yaakov, getting into Esav's mind, maybe Esav thinks, yeah, of course you were an outsider. You know what? Because you, you were the riffraff of society. You were poor. You didn't have anything to offer. Right? You were nothing. That's why nobody wanted to be friendly with you. Yaakov says, no, that's not the reason. I have plenty. Let me show you how much I have. And you'll see with all this that I have, I still didn't have one friend, except my wives. And that should show you, says, es- says Yaakov to Esav, that the brachos are appropriately given to me, and I'm not on your level. The Adain Yishlom are 36. Maybe that's not the reason he was kept as a stranger. He was poor. He was an outsider. So he says, No, I've had everything. I have plenty. Logically, I should have been, if I was, a, it was, I was a, on your type of guy, I should have fit right in. I'm affluent. I have everything. And I didn't. And therefore, this is all my explanation. I want to find you chain in your eyes. So that explains Tariq Mitzvah Shamarti. That explains that was Sarva Chashuv. That explains why he's sending all of this cattle because he's showing to him the reason I was a stranger was not because I didn't have what it takes to be respected in that society, but rather I'm just different. And if I'm different, so please uh, recognize recognize that. Okay. Moving right along. So he sends him his whole present. And the Malachim come back to Yaakov. We came to your brother Esav. He's coming to you. He has 400 men with him. Which ultimately Chazal tell us when they finally met, he was all alone. What happened to the 400 men? 
They disappeared one by one uh, on the way. Vayira Yaakov ma'od vayetzer lo. Yaakov was very scared, very frightened. Vayira vayetzer. Chazal already pick up on the double lashon. What's vayira vayetzer? Rashi quotes. We discussed this in past years. Vayira shema yehareg. He is nervous that he will be killed. Vayetzer lo im yaroku esachirim. He doesn't want to be killed or have to kill. Double lashon. Vayira vayetzer lo. But Chazal tell us that there was another reason why he was scared. Rashi does not quote this one. There was another reason. What was that? So if you look in the, uh, the beginning of source number three, says the, says the Darkei Musar, Chazal tell us, Sheyakov pachar b'shnol shnei dvarim, she'esav kiyem, kibarav aim, u mitzvah yishev Eretz Yisrael. There were two mitzvahs that Esav had that Yaakov didn't have at all, or wasn't on the level of Esav. Yaakov didn't put on his Shabbos clothes to see his parents. Esav was super duper in that area. Kibar Aim and Yishev Eretz Yisrael. Say Chazal, Yaakov was scared that because those two mitzvos, maybe Esav would win. Maybe Esav would be able to overpower him. Those two mitzvos. Says the Darki Musa, Rav Naiman, Rosh Hashiv and Petach Tikva, number of years ago, Nifter in the 80s. Says the Darki Musa, no Rahadavar, two points he has, two thoughts. Number one, no Rahadavar, let's think about this for a minute. The Gemara tells us, Rashi quotes it two parshios ago. Esav comes back and he was Ayef, but who Ayef? What was he tired from? He did like the worst of Eris, the first sins imaginable. Yaakov was Yishtam, Yoshev Olim, he learned Torah all day. And he was scared that Esav did the mitzvah of Yishavar Yisrael? You think Esau was living in Eretz Yisrael because all oh, Shema Yishev Eretz Yisrael? No, because those Pachad Yaakov. I don't understand why was he so scared? Yishev Eretz Yisrael would overpower all those other Averos that that Esau did. Says the Dark Musar, yes. You see from here. The power. Even though we don't understand it. There's something in the neshama of someone who lives in Eretz Yisrael. There's something there. Yaakov knew it. Yaakov knew it. And that's why he was scared. That's why he was scared. Obviously, Rahman al-Islam, all the Averis that Esav did were terrible. It's not that he's a great tzaddik. He's a Russia. But there's a certain element, just being in Eretz Yisrael, that itself, that itself affects the neshama, raises the neshama. The Dachim Moser says, it could be you need one ingredient. You have to recognize that there's a God. You have to recognize that there's a God that created the world and created Eretz Yisrael. You don't have to be living here, L'shem Yishuv, but it could be, he says, I don't know, it's up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's scorecard upstairs, but he says it could be that you at least need that. If somebody's a sinner, he has a taiva, right? A mumar l'tayavon. Because Esav, Esav was a maimin. Esav was a rasha. Chazal say, "Lo rak belokei Yisrael al hayamamin gadol bechachamim." Right? What happened? Because Hashem Yaakov lo rak mimenu abrachus 
What did he say after he realizes? Why did he scream so much? Did he believe? What did he, he must have believed in something. And Chazal say that those demos somehow affected our ultimate gullus of Edom, which we're still in, which comes from Esav. But step number one, message number one, is the power of Yishev Eretz Yisrael. Number one. He was scared. But Yishev Eretz Yisrael is what he focuses on. Number one. And number two maybe is the message for a Jew, wherever he is as well. Odaf Shalom Momikal line 15. Ki ish ma'ala. Imroe ba'adam ezemaila vilo ein ma'ala hazos. Afa bishalo yishar b'yosir ma'alos acheros. Hu nichna v'cholik lo kavid gadol u'mefachid mimenu. Let's say I'm a great tzaddik. I have all the ma'alas. I, I am 98% perfect in my spiritual lifestyle. I'm 98%. There's somebody else that's only 7% perfect. But two of those seven percent is what I don't have. I could see the godless of another person, even though in so many other areas I'm better than them, and I'm greater than them, and I'm on a higher level than them. If there's something that that person might have that could I could grab onto, and I could I could learn from him, that's what Yaakov Avinu teaches me. He's looking at an Esav. He's looking at a Russia. What could you learn from a Russia? Ah, Kibbutz aim I could learn from him. He's also a murderer. He's also a Megal Arias. He's also I can learn from him something, and that's the message for us. Yaakov Avinu tells us if somebody else has a Milo who nichna v'cholik lo kavit gadol umefachem imenu vehevdo bein isha Milo isha pashut, and that's. A difference between a man who is called an isha ma'ale, a man of of high levels, le isha pashut, different than a simpleton. She isha ma'ale tamid mechapes limso amayla she ish bechaveiro. What can I learn from this person? Right? What's the language in in Perkiyavos? Ezu chacham alobin mikol adam. Not just from every person, from every part of every person. That's what I have to learn from. Like the Ramban writes in his famous letter, lower ourselves. We should be able to say, I could learn from someone else who was lower than me. A Rebbe could learn from a student. A parent could learn from a child. It's always possible. It doesn't matter who the person is. Right? We can learn. Right? There's a... Uh, Another Chazal, I think it's a Masechus Tamid. Ezu Chacham Haroa Es Hanolad. It's another Chazal. The uh, Torah Tamima, in one of his Svarim, uh, two of his Svarim maybe, writes, what Haroa Es Hanolad? Nolad means not the Molid, the Nolad. Don't focus on who said it. Haroa Es Hanolad. Focus on the idea itself. The Midah itself. Ezu Chacham, if you see the Nolad, you see what's there, not Dafka, who created it. He says this to explain why every single morning, every Jew, the first thing they say when they walk into shul is, Matovo Alecha Yaakov. The first thing we say every day is quoting, Bilam HaRasha. The first thing! That's how we start our day, quoting Bilam. He was killed, he wanted to curse the Jews. In the top ten Roshayim in history, Bilam's probably up there. And yet we quote him. That's the Nolad. Don't look at the Molid. Look at the Nolad. You can learn something from someone, 
Even Bilam said something that we can learn from. And that's what we learned from Yaakov. Because Yaakov learned something from Esav. Look how he does keep it of aim. Look at what I can learn from him. That's an Ish Hama'ala. 26. Well, one might say the opposite about a non-Ish Hama'ala. Let's say the one who has 7%, you know, looks at the one who has 98% and says, ah, oh, those 2%, I have that. Oh, can't learn anything from him. Right, just the opposite. When I, we think that we can't learn anything, we always have to have the attitude of Ezeu Chacham, and as the Gemara says, also, Hamitamida Yosemikulam Vechulu. Okay, two points from the Darkei Musar. Number one, about Yishev Eretz Yisrael, and one in general, about learning from, learning from others. We continue now, back to the Pasuk that we started off with tonight. So Yaakov is very scared. He splits up the Machaneh. And he says, If Esav attacks one camp, the other machana will be left and will survive. And then Yaakov turns to Hashem. Turns to Avram and Yitzchak's God. You told me, you told me in the last parsha that you know, it's time to go back. So I'm on my way back. I had a close call with Lavan. Thank God that worked out. You protected me. But I'm on my way, I'm a, I'm on my way back from Esau. Gotonti Asher I am small, as we started off with before. From all the chasadim and all the MS. Asher Asisa You've done so much for me, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kiva makli avardi I'm scared. Please help me. Save me from my brother, from Esav. Please save me. I don't know what to do. You know, and uh, you promised. One more Pasuk. Pasuk Yud Gimel. You promised me you're going to be with me. Remember last week? Remember when you, when the ladder? Hashem, remember the, remember the dream I, that, that, that I had? You promised me, so please don't forget. You promised me. Question. Ask Rav Yosef Nechem Yekorditzer. Haven't had his words in a couple of weeks. Source number four. Says Rav Yosef Nechem, source number four. V'yeshle hisbonein. Halo, kfar rabos pa'amim, bo nefesh Yaakov, b'meitzar, v'lo matzinu shenisyare v'yeitzalo. Here it seems that Yaakov is the most scared that he's ever been. Well, we don't have explicitly earlier in the Torah that Yaakov Avinu davens and he's scared. He has a dream. Hashem makes him a promise. He says, if you're with me, it's not as graphic as these lines here. Hatsilainina, save me. Hashem, you have to. You have to save me. You promised. Answer for Yosef Nechemia, why dafka now? Ukefia nireh, Remember when he first left from Yaakov, from, from Yitzchak and Rivka? Shouldn't he have been scared then? Esav's on his tail. It just happened. Esav is still in a fury. Alifaz catches up with him. Right? We don't find that, that he's davening to Baruch Hu then. At least explicitly. And Yaakov is Yechidi, Badat, there he was alone, Galmud, Ein Miyazor lo b'machamto machiv, nothing. And there, there he's alone, there it just happened, not a word. Here, he has a whole entourage, 
He's a chashev guy, and it's been years, it's been decades, and he's still scared and nervous. Then it was much worse. The fire has calmed down. He's not alone. He has Shimon and Levi on his side. We know what Shimon and Levi are capable to do. Right? We have that later in our parasha. Why Dafka now? Is Yaakov so scared? Says the Rav Yosef Nechemia. We'll come back to the Rashi that he quotes, but first let's see his answer. Says Rav Yosef Nechemia, line 25. Something changed between when he left and when he's coming back. Yaakov, as we see in the Parsha, Katonti. He does not think he has any personal zchuyos. He does not think he's deserving. But he does recognize his chusavos. He does recognize that he has parents and grandparents that had promises from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Line 25. When he was running away from his father's house, you know why he wasn't so scared? And he had tremendous bitachon? Because he knew that Hashem had promised Avram and Yitzchak that there would be great descendants coming from them. Many, many children coming from them. And he didn't have them yet. So he knew he had nothing to worry about yet. He had, he knew he was okay. I'm the Biyitzchak. I know it's not Esav. I know it's me. If I die, says Yaakov Avinu, then what, what about the promise to Avram and Yitzchak? So uh, he was, he was protected. He, he knew he had a protective shield because of the promise to his father and his grandfather. That was all fine and good when he was alone. Before he had a wife and kids. At that point, he sees, he says, you know, nothing's going to happen to me yet. He wasn't nervous about anything. Nothing's going to happen. Right? He's, he's confident in the relationship and in the promise that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to the Avos. But what about now on the way back? On the way back, there's nothing personal about me, Yaakov thinks, that I need to be saved. I've already been Mamichvatim. The nation is going to continue without me. I have no personal guarantee except what Hashem told me personally that I'll be with you. But for that, Yaakov is not so confident. He can be confident about Zchusavos, but he's not so confident. Katonti about his own merits. Amnamata. That's why he says, you know, he was very scared. No, I know, it's, it's not. So now let's go back for a minute, says Rav Nechemya. Maybe it's even alluded to in the Rashi. What does Rashi quote on Kiva Makli? Kiva Makli with my stick of Vartiya Sayardena Zeh. Kiva Makli, 
Number one, Rashi says, Lo haya imi lo kasef lo zav lo mikna, makli levado. It was just me. I had nothing else with me. Just my makel. That's what he's saying in the Pasik. I'm katonti from the chesed and the MS because then I was zocheh because I was only by myself. Kiva makli avarti. I only had my makel. I didn't have money. I didn't have wife and kids. I didn't have anything. That's why I was zocheh. But now that's gone. Katonti, I've, I've now run out all the merit from the fact that I was alone. Now I've done. So kiva makli avarti. I don't have that, I don't have that state anymore. Now I have a lot. No, not just my makel. Number one. Or the second shot, the makli, not in Rashi, but he says another shot you could give to makel. Look what he says on line 46. The yesh lahamtik yoser. Let me make this a little more sweet. Says of Yosef Nechemia. Let me add in one more punchline. Ki hishtal shalos habanim nikra makel. You find sometimes in the Talmud a person's staff is called his children. His children are called staff. The Pasuk says, when somebody says, uh, he quotes the Gemara Ksubis, Be'ina chutri liyadi. When somebody is an older person and they say, I want to make sure that my kids take care of me when I get, go into the nursing home. The language used is, I want to have a stick for my hand, like a stick to walk on, something to help me out. But that's a reference to the kids. They're going to take care of me when I get older. So you see, children are called chutra, called that staff. So maybe that's another shot. Now I have the kids. Now I have a family, so there's no guarantee for me personally. And that's why Hashem, you said, you said to me, you said I'm going to save you, so please keep your word. Or he says it all differently than how I just said it. Only the children that I was going to have was I saved. And now that I have the children, maybe I'm not going to merit, and therefore, please, he davins and, and does his, and does his best to try to convince HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he should deserve it himself. Okay. Moving right along. Let us now talk a little bit about the, the fights with Sarosh Esav. Right? We discussed this much in the past. Parak Lamed Beis, Pasach Avdalev, the mystery fight. What happens? Yaakov is left alone. What is he doing? We've just said, right? We just spent five minutes talking about how he was not alone, how he had his wife and kids, and he had a whole entourage, and that's why he's a little more nervous now. He's not alone, and then all of a sudden, how did he get alone? What happened? So explains Rashi. Rashi quotes the Gemara in Meseches Chulin. Rashi quotes, "Why was he alone?" He forgot a couple of bottles. Doesn't even say what was in the bottles. Pachim ketanim. The chazar and he went back for them. So, much has been said, so we'll add on two more pshatim this year. What is the pachim tanim? We'll add one, we'll call it in the positive, and one maybe in the negative. Both teaching us something, but whether Yaakov did what he should have done. So first in the positive, pachim tanim. Why did he go back for the pachim tanim? Little bottles. Question one. Question two, the medrash tells us, there is a medrash, it's quoted here in Rabbi Bernstein Sefer on the Agada, that... 
somehow there's a connection between the pachim, tanim, that Yaakov went back for, and the pach shemen, same word, that we will be celebrating in less than two weeks. The nace of Hanukkah. Somehow, Yaakov laid the groundwork by his defeat of Saroshal Esav regarding the Pachim Tanim. Somehow, that laid the groundwork for the victory in the Hanukkah story. So what's the connection? What's happening here? So, answer A. Bernstein, our question. What was so important about these small jugs that caused Yaakov to go back for them? They seem almost by definition to be worthless. Right? And what is Yaakov... It was, it was so important for him to go back? She quotes the Arizal. Says the Arizal, Yaakov went back for items which others might have left behind out of conviction that no item is worthless. If he owns these jugs, it must be for a reason. And therefore, it's out of a sense of mission that he goes back for them. Kodesh Baruch Hu gives me something, it must be I have it for a reason. If he gives me a house, if he gives me money, if a Kodesh Baruch Hu gives me anything, it must be I'm supposed to have it. That's why the Gemara says if somebody takes ribis, he's called a kofer. He's called a heretic. Why? Because I'm, it's basically, I'm showing with my actions, I don't think a Kaddish Baruch Hu has, it worked out so well. I have to try to, you know, uh, get more illegally because I don't think a Kaddish Baruch Hu has, it doesn't work for me, his plan. I'll make my own plan. Oh, a Kaddish Baruch Hu has it all worked out. Right? Like the Gemara says in Beitza, right? If somebody, uh, gives any money we spend on Shabbos and Yantif, it comes off the top. So says the Arizal, we have to recognize that everything we have, even small jugs, is there for a reason. That is why we have it. And that's why Yaakov Avinu went back. to Because he appreciated this idea. But why would another person go back? An outsider might look at Yaakov Avinu and see him go back for Pachim Tanim. And maybe he's going back, why? Rabbi Bernstein, someone who is thoroughly materialistic and cannot afford to let any of his possessions go. He's driven by the possessions. I'm going back because I love every little penny that I have. This is the exact opposite motivation to that of Yaakov. Right? Yaakov sees the Pacham Tanim as a means, and the other way of going back for them, the other uh, reason, is an ends. The Sarashal Esav sees Yaakov go back. Yaakov went back for a certain reason. But that's not what Esav's about. And that's not what the Yavanim were about. The Yavanim, as we know, were about celebrating the material. Celebrating the physical. Celebrating the body as an ends and not just as a goal. And says the Rabbi Bernstein, towards the, where it's underlined. And the way that Esau tries to undo our, our emuna, undo our belief in this, is that he tries to come as close as he can to us. They embraced each other. In fight, but they embraced each other. The surest way for the angels to defeat Yaakov is by embracing him, by removing the barriers between their ideologies, getting Yaakov to relinquish any higher aspirations for his physical possessions. But Yaakov stands strong. Yaakov maintains his sense of perspective and he's able to defeat that ideology. The ideology that worships the Pachim Tanim and doesn't use the Pachim Tanim to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That, therefore, is what lays the groundwork for the story of Chanukah where we use Pachim Tanim. What do we do with the Pach that we find? We use it 
in the base Hamigdash, we use it to light, light, spiritual light. The menorah symbolizes Chachma, symbolizes Torah. And that's why the story in our parsha of Ayishlach, which is always a couple of weeks before Hanukkah, right, always gets us into the mood. We hear Pachim Tanim, and we know that Hanukkah is just on the horizon. That is one shot about Pachim Tanim. But there is a second idea from one of the great Darshanim in the history of the Jewish people, the Kleyakar. Says the Kleyakar, the great Darshan in Prague, and this is a classic Kleyakar Drush where he continues a theme and we see his godless, Reb Shlomo Ephraim Lenschitz, here in this uh, Pasuk. Source number six. Many of his thoughts, his big drush um, ideas, he brings through the whole story. And he goes three or four psukim. It's not just one on one thought. He has an idea and then he develops it and he runs with it. Says the Klayakar, There are many opinions and pshatim. To what this fight was about. If I had one long scroll, I wouldn't be able to write down all the pshatim of of what this fight was about. But let me let me add in mine. Let me add in my pshat. Here we go. Line four. Rov Hamafarshim, let's just ask a question to lead in. The lushan of his av his avkus. Gemara Darshins, from the word avak, dust. Dust went up to the Kisei HaKavid. But it's dust. They were fighting and the dust from their wrestling match went up to the Kisei HaKavid, Chazal say. So why dust? Why that imagery? Says the Kleyakar. Most Mepharshim assume that this Malach is Samael. Who Samael, who Malachamaves, who Satan, who Yitzhahara, it's all the same negative, destructive force in Shamayim. What is Samal all about? To blind us. The Yitzhahara, Samael, what the Yitzhahara tries to do is just to make us not see. If we see that we're doing something wrong, then we, obviously we won't do it. We're all good people. But if we're just, if we're blindfolded, then we won't see we're doing something wrong. See, he tries to blindfold us. Like the Masulsi Sharam talks about this also, that we can't see the truth. Right? If you ever see driving in a fog or walking in a fog, things look different. You can't see. So that's what the Yitzhahara tries to do. And then he says, interestingly, Samael is the official angelic name to this power. Samael does to the spiritual world what Anavim, what grapes might do in the physical realm. Grapes, meaning wine, could blind somebody's vision and thought processes. Somebody gets drunk. They're blind to what they should be doing. Samal tries to blind us as well. Isn't it interesting, says the Klayakar, that Samael, those four letters, go one letter down in the Aleph base for each one, and we get Anavim. Samael, in the spiritual realm, turns into Ayin, Nun, Vet, Mem, right? Because that's what grapes do. Chachlili and Aymi 
And a shikar is holech ki iver v'suma, so to Samael. V'yim kein ha'anavim v'samim ein gashmi v'samael shutafo ma'aver ein sichli. So that they can't see. Step number one. So that's who Yaakov is fighting against. He's fighting against this symbolic fight that we all have. Yaakov Avinu is fighting. Step number two. I thought that Klayakar writes a number of times in his commentary. Alatore. Klayakar is buried about a, a minute away from the Maharal in that same cemetery right next to the uh, Maharal Shul in Prague. I was over to, to see his kefir last year. Step number two, this Yetzirah Samael, let's take the mushal. He's compared to a zvuv. The Gemara tells us, He's compared to a, a bug. A bug, let's say we have a mosquito, a bug. Bugs are like to attack open wounds. If there's perfect skin, there's no place for the, for the bug to, to, get, to have, a, have an achiza. But if there's a little opening... La pesachatas rovates. If there's a little opening, so then he could come in and attack. Ki azvuv rovates bein hasfatayim. B'makam shomotzei pesach pasuachsas. Shom your batzlar chiv pesach hamakes. So to the Eight Sahara. The Eight Sahara knows. He tries. He waits for his moment. When we're on high, when we're solid, when we're davening and learning, he knows. He's just waiting and waiting. He waits for that one little. Lazy, giving up, not being perfect, not focusing, and right when he sees that, zoom, he zooms in to attack. When a person opens up a little bit, and the Yitzhara comes in and attacks. Says the Klayakar, different than what we just said about the Pachim Tanim. Yaakov went back for the Pachim Tanim. Maybe, we don't know why, maybe he shouldn't have gone back, maybe it wasn't perfect, but either way, it was a little Pesach, at least in the mind of Samael, of the Sahara, And that's why he went in to fight him. Line 26. Kisharasha Yaakov Paratz Gidro, Ksaspi, Yitziazu. Chanana, so I love Kim, and also Lois Kalaro, Veroshev, and Chasim. And says the Klayakar, opposite of what we said, Maybe he shouldn't have gone back for the Pachim Tanim. Chazal just say he went back. Doesn't say if it was a good thing or a bad thing. So he can say it was a good thing, like we just said. The Klayakar is saying maybe not. He had plenty. Just leave the Pachim Tanim. And he went by himself, says the Samael, I'm attacking. He goes and he fights. And what does he try to do? Avak. Dust. Dust. Put dust in his eyes, make him blind to the proper attitudes of Akadish Barachu. And they fight all night. And he's trying to blind the Jew. He's trying to blind Yaakov Avinu. Until Adalosa Shachar. What does Adalosa Shachar symbolize? The sun coming up. It's not just the sun coming up. Says the Klayakar. The sun coming up reminds us of Avram Avinu recognizing HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the sun coming up. He tries to fight him until Yaakov fights him and has the clarity of vision of HaKadosh Baruch Hu being in charge. That's what the message is of Ad Alos HaShachar, line 46. 
He couldn't have him deny God. Like we saw before, he had the son. He recognized that a Kaddish Baruch Hu was in charge. And then he quotes the Gemara in Elsewhere, the Gemara tells us in one place that Hashem took the sun and made it into the neck, or Avram had a necklace and he made it into the sun. What does that mean? There's a connection between the sun being a, a symbol of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's, um, br- uh, uh, elements of being the Bore and the Manhig, and that's what's meant here by Alos Hashachar. Says the Kleyakar, he did not succeed. Turning the page, he sees he's losing. He at least, he hit him in the thigh. What's the thigh? He quotes a medrash based on a pasuk in Shira Shirim, maybe the secrets of the Torah. He tries to, to get him, but ultimately, as we know, it was given back later on. Right, he comes Shalem, and he is able to overpower and overcome everything that the Sar and the Samael tried to do. And that's what we have to constantly do. Because we all have a fight with Sar Shalesa. The Sar tries to blind us into not acting how we want to act. Right? He tries to blind us with, with other, other, uh, desires and other, uh, other goals. And we have to constantly remember Alosa Shachar. We have to constantly remember we have to be God-centric in our lives and not focusing on, on anything else. Okay. Two more thoughts for the, for the evening. So the end of the conversation. Focusing a lot on uh, this whole story right now. End of the conversation. Yaakov says he fights with him and he's going to leave. He said, "No, no, no! Please, before you leave, I want a bracha. Want a bracha?" And after that, Yaakov says, "Can I ask you another question?" Sure. What's your name? Why are you asking me? Very unclear conversation. Yaakov says, "What's your name?" He says, "Why are you asking me?" My name. End of conversation. What, what do we take out of this? Again, it's mysterious. It's about Malachim. It's just one little thought, and then we'll wrap it up with a, an amazing note to be Yehuda. But first, back to the Rishonim, the Sefer HaIkarim, Rabbi Yosef Alba, one of the basic philosophical svarim of the Rishonim, the Ikarim, the Marnevuchim, and the Kuzari. Right? These are these are the ABCs of the Rishonim's Machshavah svarim. Says the Sefer Ha'ikarim. Da, source 8. Kia malachim liosim nivdalim mechomer. Malachim are spiritual. They don't have a physical form. Therefore, they're not affected by any physical attributes or even midos that go along with being a physical person. Like kina, jealousy, sinna, hatred. A malach can't hate somebody or another malach. Right, the, the, uh, Nevi'im talk beautifully how they get along with each other. Because that's how Hashem created them. Right, we say it every day. Vakarazel Zevi Amar, Yishayo Navi says in Perak Vav, the first Nevuah he ever had. Perak Vav and Yishayo, he becomes a Navi. The first thing he sees, Vakarazel Zevi Amar, they call to each other. They see, they ask permission. Ready, set, go! Kadosh, 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 And we imitate that in Kadusha. So they get along with each other. They don't have any hatred. Ain Boyam lo Gaivav lo Bechira Larav Velachet Klau. They don't have a chira. Al Kane, Hutar Lahem, Kishemish Talchim, Lebene Adam, Ludaber, Balashon Sholchem. That's why sometimes you find that a Shliach 
a Mashiach, a Malach Hashem, talks as if he's talking for God. He talks in first person as, as if he is Hashem, even though he's not. He's just a power that Hashem... Wait, what does the Malach Hashem say to Abram after he stopped him from doing the Akedah? That's the Malach talking. Now I know. But he's allowed to do that because he's just an extension. And know this. And then he says on line 14, V'tam a malach inherently, by definition, is a messenger that has to follow. It's like an extension of God's rutzon. Why, why is he called a malach? Malachus means job, means something that he has to do, a goal. His whole being is to do the shlichus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if he doesn't do it, then he doesn't exist. So he can't not do the shlichus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He can't go out of his shlichus or else he won't exist. It's not like human beings. Human beings, we all have a shlichus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and we do plenty of things that are not shlichus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But the Malach cannot exist. V'lazeh, line 17, the arrow he relates to us, Ein ha-malach ha-mishtalach v'shlichaz Hashem, rotzeh l'galos shmo, asher lo mitzad atzmo, v'koach ha-miyuchad lo, mizulas ha-shlichaz sh'nishtalech bo. Says the Sefer Yikaram, every malach has a certain midah, let's call it, maybe one's called Raphael, one's called Gavriel, one's called Uriel, Right, every malach has a name, but then whatever shlichus they are sent on at a specific moment, that's what they are. So says the Sefer Ikarim, when Yaakov says, what's your name? The malach couldn't say it. What's my name? That's not why I'm here right now. I'm here on a specific mission. That's the word I was looking for. I'm here on a specific mission. My my name, when I'm not on this mission, that's... I, that's nothing to do with what I'm doing right now, so to speak. Again, we're talking in the spiritual realms, but that's what he seems to, that's what he seems to say. And that's why he doesn't want to be Megala. Amr HaMalach LiYaakov, Kisha Amr Hagita Nashmecha, Lamazet Shalishmi. The same answer the Malach gives to Manoach in the story of Shimshon. Velo Yoel Chadavar, Sheinani Nirelacha Misaratzmi, Vakoach Hashalibatzmi. And it doesn't matter what my mahus is other than my shlichus because it has no connection or purpose for you. And therefore says the Sefer HaIkarim, when the Malach says, it's not just, oh, he doesn't want to. He can't. He can't express another name because it's all about the shlichus that he was just doing. And Yaakov knows what the shlichus is. He just fought Samoel. He knows what exactly was, was uh, what the goal of this fighter was. And therefore the Malach says, there's nothing more that you need to know. Okay, finishing up. Says the Nodah Behuda. There's somebody put together all the, a lot of the Nodah Behuda Sfarim ala Torah. So in one of his drushes, source number 10, the Nodah Behuda says, Yaakov Avinu comes back. Later on in the Parsha, Paraglama Gimel, Pasig Yurches. He comes back, Sholem Yershchem, and the Pasig says, Vayichan es Pnei Ha'ir. He encamped, he encamped in the city. What did he do? Says the Gemara in Shabbos, Tapnun Gimel, three Three things, three suggestions. What did he do? Beginning of source number 10. Rav says, Matbeah tikan lahem. Matbeah. He made them a currency. Made them a currency. 
Okay? He got back to Eretz Yisrael, he made a currency. Shmuel Amar Shvakim, Tikin Lahem. He made them marketplaces. Rabbi Yochanan Amar Merchatzos, Tikin Lahem. He made them bathhouses. What is so significant about these three elements? We're going to talk about one and three. He talks about this middle one too, but I, I skipped that one. But uh, one and three. He gives two pshatim for each. Matbeya na'asis lahem. What does it mean that he made them a currency? Two, two ideas on matbeya. Number one, the Gemara tells us that the importance of a matbeya is not the material, but the tsura. Right? The tsura. Ki matbeya tikalem chashivas matbeya mishem tsursa demelech. O Moshel Medina Nitba Aleha. There's a form, right? Every coin has a, imagine you have a coin that's flat and it's all rubbed out. You don't see the picture of whoever's supposed to be on it. It's not worth anything. But if you see the picture, that's what gives it value. We all, Matbeatik and Lahem, Yaakov told us we have a form on us. We have a Tselem Elokim. That's our Matbeya. Matbeatik and Lahem, number one. Number two, fascinating, says the Nodabi Yehuda. Why is the accepted way of making coins round? Right? Since time immemorial, you could find money from thousands of years ago, and it's always round. Why is money round? Right? Besides bills. But why money's round? Why, why not square? Why not long, rectangular? Galgal hachoser ba'olam. Money comes and money goes. People go up, people go down. The Gemara says people's financial state is sometimes up, sometimes down. And that's maybe the message of a matbeya being circular. That's on matbeya. And just to finish up, on the last shot, Merchatzos tikin lahem. Says the Nodabi Yehuda. Very strong words. What's the Merchatzos? Bathhouse. Says the Nodabi Yehuda. He wanted us to remember it's not coming with us. We're not taking it with us. In a bathhouse, we realize it's just us and God, our own. We stand there naked. V'chol kinyani olamazei says on the left side, hemachutsiim in vekebo. We have to realize that everything we have in life, everything physical, this is an interesting contrast to the pachim tanim. Everything physical in this world is not connected to us, and we're not taking it with us. Right? It's here now. It's a means to an end. Torah and mitzvahs could come with us. But Yaakov Inu says, remember the bathhouses. And maybe connected to that, he quotes, the Shulchan Aruch discusses in the end of Shechelet based on the Mishnah Bruah, based on the Gemara, that it used to be the bathhouses had, had fires in them. Right? They had like, you walked on wood and there was water and there was, you had to be very careful going into the bathhouse. You got to walk exactly where you're supposed to walk and not go to the sides. It says in Ode Behuda, there's a lot of fires also burning all around us in this world. We have to make sure we stay exactly where we're supposed to be. Stay exactly on the wood. Stay exactly where it's safe. Merchatzos, Tikim Lahem. Two thoughts on Matbeya. Two thoughts on Merchatzos. We should all be zochet to follow Yaakov Avinu in all the ways that he, all the messages that he has given us. The Merchatzos and the Matbeos and the Shvakim, Tachim Tanim and all the messages that we learn from Yaakov Avinu.